Hey guys, it's Andy Jenkins. I'm here at the office or in the office at at the Hilltop. That's that's my house. That's where I live. That's where I work. That's where we do all the kinds of fun things. Uh, in fact, last night, I'm recording this on a Wednesday. Last night, we had a bunch of people over, uh, did a cookout. We do that every third Tuesday of the month. Now, this one was the uh, technically, I think it was the fourth Tuesday, just because the way the weeks fell and all of that, the third would have been so early in the month. But we generally try to do this cookout about once a month where we just have people over, we just hang out. Most of those people are tied and connected to in some way to the 1B7 project that we're doing. I'm going to tell you a little bit about that in this podcast and in the next two. Now, last night was super cool. Normally, we just cook out, we just hang out. But yesterday, we actually had a special guest that Zoomed in, and and I literally mean Zoom, like the webinar Zoom. Uh, My my friend Dave Braun, Dr. Dave, he is, uh, some of you know him on Instagram and Facebook as the Ula Seeker. You might know him from their book, Ula, uh, which is a bestseller. In fact, they've got a bestseller. They rewrote it, redrafted it, re-released it, another bestseller. Uh, and then they did an ULA book for Christians, an ULA book for women, which were various renditions of that. Uh, both of those bestsellers, you can get those in Barnes & Noble, you can get those uh, on Amazon, anywhere great books are sold. Uh, he, he zoomed in to talk to us about, about a new project that's going on. Now, Beth and I have been involved with this project for a little while, since late March. In fact, some of you, I might have contacted you about it back when it was in the pre-beta stage. So if you were an ULA certified coach, you got the information about this project long before everybody else did. You got it back in March, at the end of March 2021, and you effectively had the opportunity to start building a team and creating movement before this thing even went into beta on June the 7th. Now, as of June the 7th, it's it's been in beta. And I, I tell you this, it, it's kind of been shockingly strange. I know guys in software development, I know people that release apps, and most of those guys will do maybe one to two updates a year. And that's actually really good. That's considered crushing it in that industry. Uh, During this beta launch of ULA Global, uh, Dave and some of the guys have done, I think we're on update five, about to release, and this thing doesn't even go global yet until July the 7th. And so you are listening in and learning a little bit about this firsthand before it even goes. Now, by the way, if you look in the show notes, I have placed that Zoom call, just a recording of it, on my website on a hidden page where you can go and learn everything that Dave shared with us last night. I've even broken it up into small pieces to where if you want to learn his story, you can learn that. If you want to fast forward to some of the stuff that he's talking about on this project, you can fast forward to that. If you want to learn uh, more about the nuts and bolts and technicalities of all this, you can even fast forward to that. And so it's really broken down. You can kind of take the whole thing at one shot or you can say, "Ah, just, just show me this specific part. Okay, now let, let me give you a, maybe it's it's kind of a warning before we go even farther, and, and that's this. When you hear the information that I'm about to tell you, you, you might say it's not a good 
time for me. Um, meaning I'm too busy. I got so much going on. There are other things that I really need and should be paying attention to. Here, here's what I'd say to you is sometimes, just sometimes, th- this isn't a blanket statement, um, but, but sometimes the reasons we give for not doing something actually are the same reasons we should do it. Okay, let me let me say it again because it kind of sounds tricky. Sometimes the reasons you give for not doing something are the exact reasons why you need to jump in. Um, I was thinking about that today. I just got back from a run. I am in the middle of, actually, <laughs> scratch that. I am in the beginning of, I'm on day three. So I'm, I'm 125th of the way through this thing called 75 hard. You, you might find it floating around social media, hashtag 75 hard. It's a challenge that one of the guys that I know that's part of this 1B7 thing told me about. We're talking on the phone one day and he's like, hey, do you want to try this? Uh, it's 75 hard. And I thought, man, I don't, I don't have time for that. I got too much going on. Let me, let me pull out my phone and I'm going to tell you what 75 hard actually is. Because I, I was thinking about this while I was running. Okay, so here's 75 hard. You got to follow a diet. Uh, it can be a meal plan of your choice. It's just got to be structured so that you have this idea that physical improvement is important. So if you want to go all carb, you can. If you want to go keto, you can. If you want to go Jenny Craig, you could do that. If you want to go slim fast, you could. If you want to go, hey, I'm just cutting out sugar, you could. You, you The point is you decide it's really about the discipline. Number two, you must complete two 45-minute workouts in a day each day for 75 days, no off days. One of those must be outdoors. Now, there's a little bit of debate on this. The other day I looked out and it was raining uh, and it was supposed to rain thunderstorm hard that day. And so I got up, I did beach body, uh, knocked out my 45 minutes. And then I looked out and I thought, you know what? I'm gonna go do that run right now. I've got a busy day. I've got so much already scheduled. I can't really maneuver some of that around. So I'm gonna go do the run right now. Posted it on Facebook. And somebody came back and said, hey, you're supposed to do them. This was well-intended. The person wasn't trying to shame me or anything. They just said, hey, you're supposed to do them separated like because that's part of the challenge. So I, I don't read that here. Um, I get what they're saying. I separated them today. But it's, it's the, here's the deal. It's got to be two workouts. One can be inside. At least one has to be outside. So presumably both of them could be. That means if it's raining, if it's cold, you 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 just got to do it. You got to go or you got to make it work out. Okay, number three, absolutely no alcohol, absolutely no cheat meals, no cheat days. So you don't want to undo in one day what you've been doing. And part of this, again, is mental. No alcohol, no cheat meals. Number four, take a progress picture each day. So look at yourself in the mirror. Ideally, you could do that. Like, you know, if you want to kind of see your body there, you know, you know, keep it PG, Uh, But progress picture number five, this one has been a unique challenge. Uh, Now I'm getting the groove of it. Drink one gallon of water every single day. A a gallon, you know, that's in the hundred plus of ounces. It's like like 128. Uh, I've got a 16 ounce jug. You can kind of hear it sloshing right there maybe. Uh, I, I put rubber bands on the top and as I down a down one, a jug, it's a bottle. I guess jug's gotta be bigger. So I down one, I just kinda drop the rubber band down. And so, um, kinda getting a groove on that. Uh, Surprisingly, it's harder than you might think, but I was drinking coffee literally 
all day and some days only drinking barely any water at all. So you ain't got to change that. Uh, the final one is read 10 pages of a book. Audiobooks do not count. So you can still listen to audiobooks, but you got to read to do the challenge. And so what I've been doing is just, I went back at the book of Genesis and I've just started progressively 10 pages a day going through the Bible. And I should get most of the way through in that 75 days. All right, so here's the deal. Um, and it doesn't have to be the Bible. It could, it could be anything. You you pick, you choose. So that, that's the great thing. There's some structure to this challenge, yet a lot of the structure is just kind of guardrails for you to decide what the track, what the road, what the path looks like. Which So it's super, super free amidst the structure. Now, when I first heard about this from my friend, you know, I, I told him, his name's Greg, I said, man, I don't have time to do it. And, and then I started thinking, you know, we have all these cookouts and people come over and we like to have some of the guys get there and we have some nice bourbon and sit by the campfire and, you know, so there's that. And then you start thinking, I've got travel coming up and so, you know, we've got going to the beach and so we, we've already done that, but like this weekend's supposed to go to the lake with friends. And so the diet thing's probably going to be out the window and how am I going to do the exercise and all this kind of stuff and we're in the middle of this launch for the 1B7 project that I'm going to talk to you about right now. And I've got so many irons in the fire and so much going on that I thought, man, there's no way I can do this right now. And then I started thinking about it. And I thought, that's exactly the reason why I should do it. Is because there's so much going on right now that if I don't prioritize physical exercise, I'm just not going to do it. Like that's going to be the thing I'm going to wake up and be tired. I've already thought about it. This morning I woke up, I was tired. I was like, eh. If I hadn't ever already told everybody on social media I was doing the 75 hard, I, I probably would have taken a rest day. I, I didn't need to. Uh, I mean, I've already done the two workouts for the day, and it's uh, I had finished them by noon, at two separate times. But it, you know, if I didn't intentionally do this, I, I would have had so many excuses. You know, the the whole fact of like, uh, you know, I probably don't want to do this. We're going to the lake. Somebody's probably going to bring good bourbon or good beer, and I, I would like to try it. I like craft beer. You know, that's the reason right now for me. Where I'm thinking, I need to do this thing. And so as I start talking to you about the 1B7 project, here's here's what I want to say to you is you probably already have a plate that's full. In, in fact, you probably already have multiple plates that are full and you're just trying to juggle them and spin them and keep them in the air as easily as you can. You might be spinning them like on a tall pin like the guy used to do in the circus or you might be literally juggling them, kind of tossing them in the air. And, and what I'm saying is you probably have so much going on right now that you need to really consider stopping, pausing, and really thinking about what I'm going to share with you in this episode. Um, and, and all the links where you can take action are all in the show notes, all down below. You can just, boom, take whatever the next best step is for you. Um, here's here's the whole thing. The, the, the word ULA, and, and that's what the whole movement is named on. Ula is kind of a nod to the French word ula la. It just means ula la means like everything is in harmony, everything is going right. Uh, my, my friend Dave, he told a story last night. Again, you can watch that on video. A couple years ago, I, actually, it's it's a it's it's over a decade. Um, man, back when the housing boom ended in 2008 and then crashed, he crashed, lost everything, had built a dream home, had nice cars, had uh, 
goodness, a thriving chiropractic business, had built up the life he wanted, and almost literally overnight, he, it was just kind of all pulled out away from him. Um, now, when I first heard his story, none of that resonated with me. But in the last you know, several years, I've been through a very similar situation. So anyway, I'll get back to my story on that later on. Right now we're talking about his story. And so he loses it. He reaches out to one of his friends that he used to meet regularly for some goal setting. That's what they called it at the time, just goal setting. Some guys would meet together for accountability. And, and, and I think that's important right there. It was accountability. So often we think of accountability as being people that hold you accountable to not do something that you shouldn't do. So kind of growing up in church world, that's kind of how we spun it most of the time. I think that's that's accurate. There does need to be people that are kind of on the guardrails of your life that are looking in and say, "Hey, whoa, 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 don't don't jump there. Like you're you're better, you're different. This is you're you're flying at a higher plane, a higher level." Than this, but but also at the same time, we often neglect this area of positive accountability. Uh, positive accountability, where we call out the best in each other and we bring to the forefront the greatness that's inside of that person. So these guys, Dave and his friend Troy, were meeting together with some other guys for this positive accountability. Once a year, they would meet in Vegas and talk about, hey, what are your goals for the next year? Where is it that you see your life headed? And and these guys are jamming in life. Well, when Dave loses everything, he one of the first people he calls back to is is Troy, who had been one of his close friends. And he calls him, uh, the story goes, from a bad hotel on the bad side of town, just depleted, just reaching out for help. And one of the things, obviously I'm compressing a lot of time and space here, that Troy says is, man, do you ever remember a time when your life was going right? Where where all the areas of life were going right? Because they were meeting to discuss goals. This is what's unique in all the key areas of life. So often we set goals only in terms of like saving a certain amount of money or we set goals in paying back a certain amount of money, getting, getting out of debt. Or we set goals just with weight loss, but these guys were setting goals related to things that we don't typically attribute goal setting to, to to family. What what do you want the relationship with your kids to be like? Or with your spouse, your significant other, if you're not married, the person that is kind of the person, your person. What do you want that relationship to look like? What do you want your faith life to look like? What, What about your job? Not just money. I mean, job would be separate. Often we attach job to money, but yes, and that's you should get paid for your job. Um, but, but, but at the same time, that field that you work regularly, are you fulfilled in that? Are you using your gifts, your skill set, the unique purpose for which you were created? Is that something that funnels and fits with what you do for the majority of your time, that 40 plus hours a week? Or is that a place where you just kind of drudge and stick through it because there is a paycheck at the end of it and because it's necessary to pay debt. You know, these these guys were looking at all of it. And Troy actually said, do you remember a time when everything seemed to be working? And Dave was like, yeah, yeah, of, co- of course. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. What did that feel like? Ooh, la, la. And so they shortened it to ooh, la. So it's, it's kind of a made up 
not nonsense word, but a made up word that just kind of captures the essence of something that you know it when you got it, but you might not necessarily be able to define it or explain it in words. When you know, you just know. It means that life is just working. It is just jamming. So like, like I said, the book became a bestseller. Uh, I think they wrote that back in 2012. I've actually got the original book here at my house because I met the guys back in 2014 in Hawaii. I was on a trip. I'll, I'll just tell you who it was with. It was Young Living Essential Oils. That was a home-based business network marketing opportunity that I used to be involved with. And won a trip to Hawaii and there were probably about 150 business builders that were there. Very intimate setting. And on one of the days, Young Living had brought in Dave and Troy, who eventually became brand ambassadors for a few years for, for Young Living, brought those guys in there to really just kind of talk about their message of finding balance while you're growing in the seven key areas of life and doing so while living with less stress so that you can live the purpose for which God designed you to live. It is a beautiful, empowering message of hope, grace. I mean, really the message is, is, is a message in dealing hope. And so they brought them in there, and you, you might have done this before. There are certain people in life that you meet and you just kind of connect with them. And, and that's that's really kind of how it was with these guys. When I walked in, uh, I was there a little bit early for that meeting where they were talking. And it, again, it was just kind of this intimate setting. You know, 100, 150 people in the room, two guys up on a, a stage, not even a high stage. Just wanted to elevate them a little bit to where everybody could see them. Um, before they spoke, I actually went over there and talked with them informally, uh, got to know them. They were unrushed, un, unhurried, uh, just kind of there. I asked them for one of their hats. They had some of their ball caps, the Ula hat, kind of the classic version that you see. There's all kinds of versions out now, but the trucker hat, the original one with the kind of the lime green and the logo. And uh, you know, the story goes, um, the story is, I asked Dave, I was like, hey, how can I get one of your hats? And he said, I tell you what, we're going to give it away from the stage. The answer is field. I'm going to ask the audience a question. The answer is field. Now, to hear him tell the story now, he'd say, no, 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 I never rigged that. But my version of the story is, dude, you gave me the answer to a question that nobody would have known. And they're going through these seven areas of life that I'm going to tell you about in just a second. And uh, you you ask everybody, hey, what's, what's the next one? And nobody knows because everybody would be thinking career. But... Career was really kind of too limiting of an explanation for what do you do with your full time? Because some people do have a career. Some people are full-time students. Sometimes are sometimes people are full-time volunteers. Sometimes people are full-time stay-at-home parents. Sometimes people are full-time retiree doing something different. And so field becomes what you do with that bulk of the time where you express your God-given purpose. And so nobody knew that answer yet. And so he looks out from the stage. He goes, I got this hat for whoever has it. And of course, I'm not answering. I'm like, this this couldn't be it. And he looks at me dead in the eye. Like I'm sitting maybe two rows back, right in front, center stage. And I'm like, oh, oh. and he keeps looking. I'm like, oh, field, field's it. And so I got the hat and then learned a great deal from their message 
But in truth, the thing that I took from their message was not just the message itself. That, that was important. I took notes. I've still got the notes that are folded up in the book that I got that I received on that trip. The, the thing that I really took from them was not so much the message, but it was the tone and the delivery and kind of seeing the embodiment of the message. Uh, just to be honest, at the time, I was about 40, 50, I was about 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I was really about 40, 50 pounds overweight. Uh, I was out of shape. I was working 70, 80 hours a week outside of the house. I'd be late for dinner most nights. I was running myself ragged, aging way too fast just because of the wear and tear on my body and also the unhealth of everything, couldn't sleep through the night, and knew some things needed to change, but it was it was just like, man, how and when am I gonna find the time? Okay, back to that thing. The reasons you give for not doing something are often the very reasons why you should do something. And so hearing that one of the key components, one of the key areas of life was that fitness one. You know, back when I was in high school, back when I was in college, that one was really important to me. When I was in high school, I was, I was in athletics, loved it, enjoyed it. When I was in college, I um, cheered at the college level my freshman year, uh, did a lot of running, did a lot of extracurricular things, um, actually won the marathon in my age division when I was in college, which which was when I, when I tell people that they're more impressed than they should be. You got to remember during that time, collegiate athletes are not allowed to run in these amateur type races. And so none of, none of them were running. So you kind of get a hall pass. The harder division to win is the one when you get to be like 25 and up and you get all those real athletes that start coming in and just smoking the trail. But, but, but I, I used to be at some point really in shape. I am now. When I heard the guy speak, I wasn't. And I had made all of these excuses as to why I wasn't. And then I heard Troy from the stage talk about how he had lost 50 pounds, how he had been a little bit out of shape, significantly there, 50 pounds, overweight, and just methodically, intentionally took some action steps. And, and I had rationalized. I, I couldn't lose the weight because I was, you know, at that point in my 40s. And so I couldn't. That's why I was having a hard time. Now, the issue is, you look in the Bible, you look at human history, you look at science, there is no data to support that when you're 40, your body falls apart. That's something we believe is true, but it's not actually true. And seeing somebody in front of me that was slightly older, that had done slightly more than what I actually needed to do, it kind of showed me that this thing was possible. You know, comparison, um, people circulate stuff on Facebook that says comparison uh, can be the thief of joy, that comparison can be catastrophic. It, I get it, totally can be. But comparison can actually be this beneficial thing when you see something in other people and all of a sudden you know that it's possible. So comparison can shut you down. It can also empower you to this new level. You know, like Think about it like this. Back in the 1950s, everybody thought running a four-minute mile was impossible. That humanly, you couldn't do it. You, like Some people thought you would literally just die 
And then in May of 1954 in Oxford, England, Roger Bannister pounded out a mile in three minutes, 59.4 seconds. He cracked the four-minute mile barrier by 0.6 of a second. I mean, almost like any other little just wiggle on the track. Like he could have, he could have missed it. But but all of a sudden, it was possible. So people started comparing themselves, and they looked at it. And the next month, two more guys they ran the four-minute mile. They matched what he had done. The next year. 300 people did what had previously been thought to be impossible. Now, if you watch the Olympics that are going to come up, you will have to significantly shatter a four-minute mile to even make it to the Olympics. What was once thought to be impossible is now conceivable and regularly done because people saw it embodied, not just spoken about, not just taught about, but embodied in something else. And that's really, that's really what I took away from this. You know, and, and this brings me kind of really to the importance of relationships and seeing people in your life that do something better. J- John Maxwell says this. He just gives this stat for leadership and to people reaching their potential. He says 5% of all leaders go into their position because a crisis precipitates it. So um, there's a leadership issue because somebody dies or somebody steps aside or there's a moral failure. For whatever reason, 5% step up, right place, right time. They had the skill. 10% actually arise to the ranks and live out their purpose because they just have the skill and they just push it and get it done. 10%. Here's what's shocking. 85%. 85% not only saw it in someone else, but someone else called it out of them and brought them along the journey right there. And so here's, here's what I'm saying is what became significant about that meeting in Hawaii where I saw them, heard them speak, interacted with them, even briefly, was just all of a sudden, not just hearing the message, but seeing somebody embody the message that you can be in the pit, you can rebuild it, you can, regardless of your age, start owning and take radical control of your life and start moving forward and live the life, no matter where you've been. Start living the life that you're designed to live. Consequently, on that trip, I met Travis Ogden as well. He's a guy. He'll come up in this story in one of these episodes. I'm not sure which one. Uh, and, and Travis was there. He, at the time, was at the sea level uh, with Young Living Essential Oils, helping run that company. There he was in his 40s in shape. And, and you look and you think, my goodness, goodness I, I'm out of whack have been making excuses, and now I'm seeing all these other guys actually showing that it's possible. And so over the next several of you that know me, know my story, like over the next several months, um, I just actually made a plan. Like that weekend and over the next several months, like my goal was to lose two to two and a half pounds a week. And just I kind of knew if I do that in the next three months, by the time summer hits, I'll be down 30 pounds. And I, I did it, made it. Kept going, got a little bit closer to what, even at that point, was my ideal weight. I kind of shaped out a little bit, got in fantastic shape, ended up being in better physical condition than I had been probably ever. 
even better than when I was, you know, an athlete when, when I was younger. Here's another thing that I, I took from that trip was, yeah, I actually saw guys that hadn't been writing books. Um, I, I drafted a few things and written some study guides that, but, but I actually saw, Hey, you know what? They, they could do this. Like I've, I've got the skill set. Like there's nothing radically super special. Um, or I would say more special about these guys than other guys. I mean, everybody's different, but everybody's got their uniqueness that makes everyone awesome. And when you see some other people in your life that have the same skill set, you're like, oh, if they could do that, golly, like I could probably do that. Like that's actually attainable. And so uh, that kind of led into me doing some writing. That kind of led into me doing some speaking. It, It actually led to this place where I started designing my life. And I started really thinking that now let me let me be honest with you you know I crashed after that so things I thought started going pretty well and then everything just just tanked but but here's here was the takeaway and here's even after everything crashed here's where things started jamming for me is is how often do you actually sit down and and plan your life and live by design live by intention Live not just random, but actually live by taking strategic steps that are going to take you from where you are to where you're designed to be. Where where you start making, as I mentioned earlier, you start making these goals in family. You start making these goals in finance. You start making these goals in your field or your career. So many of us hate the area. You start making goals with friends and what kind of relationships you want to have with people and making sure that you're actually even calendaring it down to where, hey, if I haven't heard, like there's a guy, he reached out to me today and I, I have him on my calendar. Like if I don't hear from him, um, then like the first of next month, I would have reached out to him. Like just making some intentional actions to move you forward in life where you want to be. You, you get one shot at this, right? I mean, you know, several years ago when I was in seminary, I had to read the book by Stephen Covey, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And he talks about, in that book, uh, his concept of begin with the end in mind. And he says, imagine this. You, you show up to a funeral home and you walk in and people are gathered around. You've been in these situations before. Uh, some people are grieving. Uh, a lot of people are there to attend to and to support and wish and share their condolences with the people who are grieving. You walk through those groups. You walk up. You shake the hands, you do the greetings, you say what you need to say to the family members, you look in the casket, and the casket contains you. Now, he doesn't say the story to be morbid. He doesn't give this analogy to make you feel sad. He gives it to give you this wake-up call that at some point, the person in the casket is you. The death rate is still 100%. At that moment, what what would you want to be said? What would you want people to remember? What, What, even before you got into that casket, what would you want to have happened to where you could look back in the rearview mirror of life and say, you know what, that, that was good. That was great. Some hiccups, bumps, struggles, crisis, 
trauma along the way. Yes, but my goodness, I enjoyed the story and I've empowered others who are in my life who I think enjoyed their life story more because I was in it and invested in them. Like, what would it take to make that happen? And so the guys really created this framework where you look at life through all of the important areas. In fact, they, they say you could just do this. You can envision life like a wheel and these seven key areas. The seven key areas that they've identified are all spokes on a wheel. So let, let me tell you what they are. I'll, I'll put them in the show notes. You don't have to remember all of these, but fitness is one. Family field, that's your career, what you do full time. Faith is a significant one. Finance, so fitness, finance, family, field, faith, friends, and fun. Now, now you think about you think about those. They're, they're like spokes on a wheel. So if you've ever ridden a bicycle and then just popped a spoke, I, I have, your, your wheel kind of gets a little wonky. It starts wobbling. And before long, if you pop another spoke, and once you pop one, it's easier to pop the second, right? Because the whole wheel loses its stability. It loses its structure. Pretty soon, the wheel just gets wobbly, and it starts moving into the brake pads, and then it starts moving into the fork, and, you know, and it could just grind to a halt altogether. Well, the, the same is true in, in life. You know, when my health wasn't good, and, and maybe as you listen, you think, yeah, you've got the season where your health wasn't good. Either like that just, that, uh, that affected everything. It affected your family. It affected your career field because it corrected your field. It affected your finances because you had doctor bills and all these other things. So it just affected all of it. Just kind of went wonky. It wasn't much fun. You think about it in the season where I, like I just literally lost everything in family for a while, just collapsed. I didn't feel like exercising. Fitness took a hit. Uh, I didn't feel like having fun. I did lean on some significant friends in that time, but so many areas, it just affected them all. I mean, you, you could draw that analogy out in, in every area. And, and the problem with a lot of goal setting is we don't do it in concert with everything else. And so we try to do fitness, but we forget about all these other areas. And so it affects all the other areas. And in order to move forward, they're all super important. So here's here's what I'm inviting you to do. I've like used up my time on this one. And so I'm going to come back in the next episode. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about how all of this works together now and this incredible new platform that they have that will help you not only design your life, but it will help you design your life and then identify the action steps and then take the action steps to move from where you are to where you're designed to be. It is an incredible resource. And, and I'll tell you this, like we are building a team of movement here and I am inviting you to join me, my wife, Beth, to join us and some friends to become part of the movement and join our team in this. The links are all below. If you want to watch a video and kind of jump ahead before the next episode, jump ahead. If you're ready to join the movement, there is a link in the bottom below right there in the show notes. And there's some more information for you there about our Facebook group and the 21-day challenge. But let me do this. Let me sign off. Now, I would have told you all that I could do every single time that I do the podcast. And let me just pray for you. And my prayer for you is this, that the Lord would bless you, 
He would keep you. He'd be gracious to you. He'd shine his face of radical favor upon you. And my uh, extra part of this is that you would see and sense and feel even now the life that he has designed you for, that there'd be no shame for the weak areas, but you would see that in his time, he restores and redeems the years the locusts have eaten away is what Joel 2.25 says, that he makes Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, all things beautiful in their time, that as Romans 8.28 says, he causes all things to work together for the good and may in this moment, you see a fresh starting line As Paul says, forgetting the things that lie behind and pressing forward to the high call that is on you. May you see it and then may you have the wisdom and the capacity, the fortitude to walk in it. Grace, peace, I'll see you again soon.